Well, taking a look now at the Hollywood writers' strike, it marked 100 days yesterday. Contract talks have stalled. Those on the picket lines protesting what they say is a complete disregard for their demands. If you've been following along, that strike began on May 2nd after negotiations between the Writers Guild of America and the major studios reached an impasse over issues including compensation, minimum staffing of writers' rooms, residual payments in the streaming area, and there were other issues as well. Just before we get to my next guest, take a listen to a comment. This is from Al Muro, who is a local actor speaking to Global News about the impact. It's been tough. You know, it's been tough for the actors, the writers, and I think everybody uh, in the industry. Uh, A lot of people are being affected by this. Um, A lot of people that work on the crew, um, agents, casting directors, makeup artists, you know, even people that make props and catering. So it's been really kind of heartbreaking to see uh, to see it having to go on for so long you know it it used to be that we'd audition I would say like an average of four times a week at least Uh, and now you know you go like weeks and weeks without any auditions at all maybe some commercials there's still some work that we can do like commercials voiceover um, Canadian shows Uh, but most of the work comes from the states and so a lot of the shows that would be filming now that would keep us busy or just not here. And so we barely have any auditions at the moment. That was actor Al Muro. Joining me now is Amy Lang, president of North Shore and Mammoth Studios. Amy, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Hi, Jill. Thanks for having me. Uh, We talked to you when this first started and we were trying to figure out what the impacts were going to look like. What are your thoughts on what we just heard from uh, actor Al Moreau and uh, your thoughts on this now being 100 days? Yeah, certainly we didn't uh, expect or hope that it would go on to be a 100-day strike and we're now at 101. Um, But there is positive news in that the AMPTP just announced that they are actually headed back to the negotiations table tomorrow. Well, that is positive news. So does does that give you some hope that there there might be some common ground enough that they've at least agreed to start talking again? Yeah, absolutely. It gives hope. I mean, uh, I guess there's no movement when they're not talking. And so it's great to have them back at the table because I think there was concerns that it may not Uh, get to this point until maybe towards the end of August. And as Al said, everybody wants to get back to work and and everybody is feeling the impact of this, certainly. What has it been like for you uh, this 101 days? Well, I think back in May, we said, you know, this will have a different impact depending on where productions were at. And the longer it goes on, uh, the more it will be felt. And certainly from you know, local cast and crew to vendors and the the ecosystem is at large in the film and television industry now feels it because productions are basically at a halt and we have 90% of our um, those employed in the industry out of work right now. Was there talk early on or, or even more recently of, of some kind of workaround in bringing some of the work to Canada and, and that there could be a, an exemption or that some of that work might have shifted during the writer's strike? Well, I don't think there's necessarily an exemption, but there was some waivers that were granted and there's, you know, that hasn't really been to a volume where that will really affect um, the impact of or lessen the impact. So I think in general, no, there's not really a workaround. We're all just trying to make sure that they come to, you know, a resolution as soon as possible and so that we can, everybody can get back to work.
And if there is a resolution, and again, that's positive news that talks are going to resume, how long do you think will it take to get things back up and running and to, to kind of move forward from this? Oh, well, that will also depend, again, on where productions are at in their life cycle. So those who have had to, you know, quote-unquote, pen down and, and their, you know, stages are locked up, they can get back to work, The you know, within the next couple of days. Those uh, productions that are slated to come here in the fall may get pushed out a few more months, which, you know, hopeful that's not. But it, it really just depends on where the production's at in their cycle. And we're talking about the 101 days of the writer's strike. We know that there were also actors with the Screen Actors Guild that went on strike in July. Uh, Some of the same issues there as well. Uh, What about the impacts of that as well, in addition to the ongoing writer's strike? Well, I mean, the dual strike certainly is what really is is, uh, forcing productions to put their, you know, cameras down because, that without the actors, they can't proceed. So certain shows that were potentially written could have could have seen through their their shoot cycle. But you know, without having the actors, that makes that's obviously a, you know a no go, and they have to pause until this gets comes to resolution. Both sides of them of the of both unions have you know complex issues, and so I know they're working really hard to make sure that they get what they need, and you know that both sides of the table um, find a common ground. What has it been like? I, I know you touched on this, uh, but but the fact of, I guess, work that was already kind of underway uh, with things grinding to a halt. So what, what do people in your position do? Well, in my position, we certainly have to, we, you know, kind of button down some of the costs that you can and you, you know, productions are still there and some are paying what they can to keep the lights on, I guess you could say, and some are necessarily not able to continue to do that so it really just depends on um, what production you're dealing with what facilities you might have and and where again where they're at in their production cycle right because uh, keeping the lights on i would imagine and keeping people employed when these strikes are bringing things to a halt that's got to be expensive yeah absolutely and i mean this is on, on all fronts not just you know facilities but you know all the vendors the small businesses i mean i think it's not necessarily well known that the film and television industry is a huge supporter of small businesses. And, and, you know, when something like this happens for a hundred days, this prolonged, you know, beat on, on their income is, will affect them. Absolutely. So it's really important that when we get back to work, we get these small businesses back up into our ecosystem so that we can continue to have them there at the end of this. And when you talk about the small businesses that are impacted by this, what what kinds of businesses are feeling this the most? Well, certainly suppliers. Um, there's there's catering, there's food vendoring, there's costumes, there's um, recycling industry, and you know you name it. It, it touches a whole um, broad spectrum of small businesses. So it, it's uh, it's certainly something we want to keep an eye on. Uh, you're right. That is something uh, too that you don't think about kind of that ripple effect on how many mm-hmm. different different businesses are impacted. Uh, do we also tend to downplay or maybe just not not be aware of, of how big of an industry it is in Vancouver, in BC, and, and how much we do depend on those dollars coming in for, for all those different parts of it here in Canada? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's a, um, definitely an underestimated uh, industry in BC and so for example it's 80,000 um, employees in BC and that I believe is larger than fishing mining forestry combined so it is absolutely a very large industry and so the longer this goes on the 
the more this will be felt. And I mean, depending on on what is going to be agreed to. At some point, there ne- there will need to be an agreement. This can't go on forever. But again, some of the issues that I, I mentioned, and we-, and we talked about this before, as far as compensation, mm-hmm. staffing in writers' rooms, residual payments, so when we're talking about streaming, uh, do you think that, that depending on what the, the, the agreement is when the two sides figure out uh, an agreement there, will it change the industry? No, I, I think the industry is changing on all other fronts, not necessarily driven by these two uh, labor issues. So, it, you know, Hollywood's gone through a huge disruption. And so they are certainly still trying to figure that out. And, and that's, you know, still to be seen. And so it's a, it's a bit of two sides. It's, it's definitely a labor movement, but it's also definitely the industry itself is going through incredible uh, change and restructuring and, you know, transitioning from linear television to streaming and what does that look like for, you know, legacy studios versus streaming studios, it's very different. So I don't think necessarily, that, like, like I said, the labor issues will change the industry, but the industry is changing on its own. Well, uh, Amy, uh, like you said, it's some promising news that talks are at least going to start up again, and uh, both sides have agreed to do that. Thank you so much for joining us, and hopefully next time we talk, there will be some more positive news in this dispute. But thank you again so much for your time today. No, absolutely. Thank you.